Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Matt Bovey here, but this week we are changing things up a little bit. Capaccio is catching some sun on top of that nice bald head in Cancun. So we decided we would call in the reserves here. And what better people to join us? I've got the entire crew from Buffalo Plus down the 90 in Rochester. So we've got Mike Catalana, Jenna Cottrell, Dan Fates, just an awesome group of three people. I put out a feeler to see if any of them would join me, and all three of them joined me. So what a nice little treat we've got here. Catalana is slinging along the buff. Look at that. You've got merch now. You guys have got, how's the merch going? Who, like, are you guys selling lots of stuff? We're setting it's up honest- for some big stuff. Yeah, it's honestly been really cool to see. And then people will come up wearing it when we're out at games and stuff. It's been it's been exciting, honestly. I'm a little upset that I haven't received any Buffalo Plus merch yet. <laughs> I thought as like a friend. Wait, it must have gotten lost in the mail because yeah. it, it definitely say, got set. Yeah. Bobe, you haven't gotten it yet, but yes. there's there's something it. for the whole family. So don't oh, that, worry. Oh, that is adorable. You know, yeah. there was something to be said about holding my three week old daughter in a little Buffalo plus onesie. <laughs> maybe that's what maybe that's what we should have had the uh, the birth pictures in. So just forever, <laughs> yeah. she could be plugging the brain. I should get like a cut of something if that's what we end up doing. But seriously, Buffaloplusstore.com. Buffaloplusstore.com. How have things been going? How's the offseason been going? What kind of content have you guys been churning out? Because I've been completely removed from anything. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, lots of different content, especially this time in March. Um, certainly reaction to everything that they have done to this point. And then we like to speculate, too. Uh, Jenna usually is the one with the super hot takes. And then Dan and I just have to fill in behind it. But um yeah, we, we've got we've been able to get a lot and we've been I've been very impressed with the response of Bills fans. You know, the way that season ended, everybody was down. I think it just was. And I think fans were, too. And I think the ones listening know the way that season ended was different than the last few. But they're back and they're ready for whatever else this team does. So I, I think it's been pretty exciting. Catalana is such a pro because then I was going to okay. try and figure out how I'm going to segue into the conversation that we want to have. And you just set me up perfectly. So you think that people are being relatively optimistic. The question that I've been asked a couple of times by just friends and family, obviously a lot of people who are Bills fans, 
What do you think of the offseason? It's weird because there isn't a blockbuster this year like there was last year. Von Miller had everybody rejuvenated last year. I think we were all kind of like, wow, this team is really going for it. This year, they didn't have the money, even though Dan says the cap space isn't real, to kind of make those massive moves. But just in general, what do you think of the offseason? I guess, Dan, we'll start with you. Have you been impressed? Is it what you expected? Or do you think that there's still meat on the bone? Mike left. Mike prepared us on the Buffalo Plus podcast and the YouTube channel to saying like, hey, like there probably won't. You'll see a lot of these signings and you'll hear crickets out of one Bills drive. And that's kind of what it's it's been. It has been. And it kind of goes back to Bovey, what Bean was his tone at his end of the year press conference. Like, hey, we're still a good team. Like we don't need we only lost three games. We never got run out of the gym. All of this stuff like kind of defending his moves and we've kind of seen that through the offseason of nothing really splashy. Um, I'm not huge on this Trent Sherfield signing. Uh, Deontay Hardy's okay. Um, but, but it's kind of been keeping the status quo. It's kind of been, hey, let's run it back and maybe hope we don't run into Joe Burrow again. Um, but but it's kind of been that kind of tone. I, I'd say it's been like Mike was expecting us. It's quiet. Jenna, are you okay with quiet? Do you think that they're still a pretty good team, or do you think that they've taken a step back in a in a conference really that seems like it's getting more competitive every single day? I will say, I feel like when you do have Josh Allen, obviously, like that's that's the biggest thing. But getting him those weapons is uh, going to be huge. An offensive line, um, I think it's just different uh, the frame of where this season is coming out of. Like like two years ago, it was that great game in Kansas City. It was overtime. It was the Bills are right there. Whereas this past season, like that bad bad loss to the Bengals leaves a different type of taste in your mouth. And I, I feel like this year, it's not that the team is not as good. I think like last off season, like there was Vaughn Miller, there were all these exciting things happening. There was so much encouragement. Whereas this season, it's just a different feel. And I feel like Mike always talks about this though, as well. Like sometimes it's, it's the it's the names and it's the players, but sometimes it's the mix of players and how those players all fill their own roles. So I feel like it's I mean, we're obviously it's it's April. It's early. There's going to be the draft coming up as well. But at the same point, I still have faith in Brandon Bean and the pieces that he adds to this team. But overall, I think there's you know, there's apprehension about where this team is at and where they need to go. And and that being said, very curious how the the approach to the draft will be. And I know Bills fans, it's a different vibe this offseason. And, you know, will it be reflected in the moves that they make coming up? Yeah, Mike, you- and, and I, oh, I was just going to say, Matt, the, to follow up what Jenna just said, I also think it's a good thing for the organization that it's a bit of a reset. And there are several things that we can talk about where I see them sort of getting back in the trenches a little bit. Last year, it was all, you know, sunshine and flowers, and they're the mm-hmm. Super Bowl MV or Super Bowl favorites and the MVP for Allen and all that stuff going into the year, and they start out with that win, and it's great. Um, they got brought back to a semblance of reality, and I think they're digging in again this offseason. And I think this is something we have all talked about in some capacity, Jenna, so – We've always said, especially the four of us, we've had these conversations at practice, at training camp, it's way easier to be the hunter than the hunted 
And this team has struggled with that really for a while. It feels like the Bills start to get to a different level. They start to reach their absolute potential when people start to doubt them. Like last year, it was you go and you lose to Miami. What the heck is wrong? Then you have a stinker of a first half against Baltimore. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're going to wake up now. We're going to beat the Ravens. We're going to beat the Chiefs. And we're just going to go on this run. Even the year before that, it was like, wow, like you go and you almost beat Tampa in the second half. And then after that, it was the best football this team has played really until 13 seconds. So does it feel like it's kind of what Mike said, Jenna, maybe this is a good thing in the long run. I I do agree because I think for this team, they love that underdog role. Like when you have the expectations that you're going to go out and win every game and you're going to play this phenomenal style of football. I mean, even when the bills were winning down the stretch last season, obviously there were cues of how things would fall apart. But at the same point point, we were like, where are the style point wins? Like where are these blowouts that we were expecting? The bills were picking up W's, but still we were like, "Mm, not satisfied. Whereas now with the bills being like Mike said, like knocked a bit, a little bit more towards reality. I feel like there's that huge opportunity for this team to band together, to kind of fly a little bit more under the radar and then be the team that we know they can be. Because I I mean, look, we all laugh about like what motivates these guys and, you know, picking a grudge about whatever. But when you tell someone, especially NFL players that they aren't good and can't do something, you know how they come out. All right, so obviously if you're listening to this, you're hearing us talk, but you won't see us. And while Jenna was giving that answer, Dan was hemming and hawing down there. So you don't buy it? You don't believe that? I think it's an excuse. I I, I think to some respects, this thought of you can make up narratives inside locker rooms. It's what the Bills have done for a long time. It's what New England did for two decades, saying that people doubted them. And Brady did it work? It worked. They won a lot of Super Bowls. They won a ton of Super Bowls, even though people, even though they were the Super Bowl favorites, they went out there, they said they'd lose a game and then say, well, you know, they'd make the playoffs say everybody doubted us. I think it's an excuse for what, how the team underperformed. And I think it's where you said, Bobe, I'm not saying I've lost faith in Brandon Bean, but we went into last year at this time and we said, man, this 53, this is the best 53 man roster in football. And they underperformed. Coaching-wise, player-wise, developmental-wise, they underperformed. It's okay to say that. We always joke around about progress for players. It's not always linear. Not every year do they get exponentially better. Some years they have dips, and then they make big jumps, and sometimes they take steps back. So this thought of, well, this is great for them, now they can sneak up on teams is a load of baloney because you have Josh Allen. All right, I got to stop him here because there's a lot of times we get to say where Dan is right and he's hit on a few. And this is where I'm going to say Dan is wrong because Dan is talking about this is a good thing. No, no, no. I'm not talking about them losing is a good thing. I'm talking about them resetting and I'm not making excuses for them last year, but they did have a lot of things go the wrong way for them and they won 13 games. 1,000%. So they did. I'm saying is now... They've been forced to take a step back. And because of some of the moves they made last year, while the salary cap isn't real, they have had to say, okay, we aren't going out and getting a Von Miller. We got him last year. We're going to have him back for this year. I'm saying is they were right in that bit. And Jenna talked about it where it's style points and man, they're winning how many in a row and they got 13 wins. It just doesn't feel right. They played that all year long. They just found ways to survive Mm -hmm. and they couldn't get it done. I'm saying is this team 
needs to get back to a different mindset. And this is not, it wasn't a good thing. I'm saying is it's a good thing going forward to bounce back from that because they didn't handle it well. And then they also didn't get a lot of breaks. I mean, agreed. I'm not making excuses. I'm saying reasons. Hideout. Von 100%. All these things. So now they've had to take a step back. And Jenna said it. The division is better. The conference is better. All those things. So let's get a little toughness. McDermott taking control of the defense. Will that be a good thing or a bad thing? It's control is what he's trying to get back. So the reason I'm I'm joking saying Dan is wrong, I'm saying is no, I'm not, not making excuses for their loss to the Bengals last year. 100%. If we, if we would have, If we would have gone back to – pregame to the Bengals up to that point, I don't think we would have felt the same way. That game cut deep. They can say what they want about it being one game. That one cut deep. Mm -hmm. They are clearly third, if not it beyond that, going into this year. That loss reminded me of the AFC Championship loss in Kansas City, yeah. where, they, yep. where they got... They, it was over very quickly. Mm -hmm. And and that kind of sense of it. My point is, is that this thought of like, oh, they have this pressure on them as Super Bowl favorites. That's why they underperformed this year. No, that's not it. Like to me, that's that's where I'm saying that that's okay. a load of baloney. I think yeah. I also think and <laughs> this is this is a very like this is my opinion and nobody is probably going to ever sway me off of this. I know what happened in Cincinnati on Monday Night Football was so much bigger than any sort of football or anything. It looks like the Bengals were going to kind of kick the crap out of the Bills in that game. And I think if they did, the playoff game or just the Bills' outlook on the season would have been different because I think they would have had that mm -hmm. reality check sooner than they ultimately – they didn't get a chance to recover from the reality check that they got from the Bengals. I think that it really was an emotional season, and I think that it, there's – some of that's an excuse. Some of that's just like the team wasn't built right or good enough. But I do think that, like Jenna said earlier, when you have Josh Allen, you always have a chance. I've got a friend who's a Dolphins fan, and every day he's texting me, Dolphins the best team in the division. Dolphins are going to win the division. And it's like, yeah, the Dolphins might have the best roster in the AFC East, but they don't have the best player. The Bills do. Right. And that's kind of an important thing. All right, so – we're going to put a bow on this conversation. Coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about the moves that they did make, and then we'll also start to talk about the draft a little bit. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, everybody, Matt Beauvais this week joined by Jenna Cottrell, Mike Catalana, Dan Fates, all three of them from 13 Wham down in Rochester, Buffalo Plus. Follow them all along. They do some absolutely phenomenal work. So, guys, we talked a little bit about what we thought the Bills' outlook really for the season was and where they stand. The biggest loss is Tremaine Edmonds. But what about the additions that they've made? Who has been your favorite addition, whether it was something you thought was going to happen or something that caught you off guard? Jenna, we'll start with you. Um, I think it's Taylor Rapp um, because while I would love to say Poyer, and I think that is something that uh, maybe Mike and Dan would take um, in my head when we were talking about this, I think Rapp because of the experience that he can add, the fact that he's had big time minutes coming off the team that he is with the Rams. And I just feel like last season we saw, you know, what Micah Hyde being out and what Jordan Poyer at moments, even though, I mean, you, you talk about the injuries that these guys have had and Poyer coming back out to play like, toughness personified but at the same point I mean that was a huge point of weakness in this Bills defense and to have a guy that has so much experience and you know it's interesting he even came to Buffalo considering the fact that who's in in front of him Uh, but at the same point I think just it's not the flashiest signing it's not the sexiest but at the same point I think it's something that down the stretch will be a really important guy bringing that into the roster. And then also looking at it, you know, beyond what the season is and what he can add. Um, I just think that that's someone, when I saw that, I was like, that's interesting. I wouldn't expect that. And it's not a receiver. It's not anyone like that. But at the same point, I think, uh, you know, with what we've seen from NFL defenses and how, you know, it's been all about the offense and scoring as many points as possible. Just to have a guy that's been there before, I think, will be huge down the stretch. The thing with the Taylor Rapp signing to me, now this one, it's going to be a weird comparison because what I'm going to compare to didn't work out as well as I think people thought. I almost feel like the Taylor Rapp signing is a little bit like when they got Tim Settle last year where it was a bit more under the radar. I had big expectations for Tim Settle going into the season. He never ultimately lived up to those expectations. I think Rapp has a chance to, and I do Mm -hmm. think it's a little bit of a long play for the Bills. It's like, yeah, come in here right now. I think with Sean, they're going to try some different things on defense that we haven't seen. I don't think that guy would have signed here unless he's going to be on the field, at least every once in a while. And that's why I think there is some potential. All right, so Taylor App for Jenna. Mike, how about you? Um, I, you know, Jenna mentioned, you know, Jordan Poyer. Um, I find it interesting the way Poyer is coming back. And I have no doubt he'll be all in. Um That guy was all in, and I've said it on our channel multiple times, like no guy I'd ever seen in a Bills uniform in the final year of a contract. And then he he sort of got a dose of reality when he got on the open market. And it was great work by Bean and the team, I think, to keep that door open where he didn't feel like he had to crawl back. He's a great player. So to get him back in this system, I think, was fantastic. But I like the Damian Harris signing. I like a back who can help out Allen. And we've talked about this multiple, multiple times. They are not a running team. They will never be a quote running team, but come on. It's embarrassing how poorly they've run the ball when they've needed to. And it's not about Josh Allen, not using his legs. That's who he is using his legs. He just gets hit too much. 
There was the stat about the percentage of times where he's actually tackled. And it's too much. There's too many hits that you don't need. I want to see Josh Allen run and get out of bounds or slide. Take a couple of hits is fine. I think Harris can give them that. I love him on a one-year deal. I think he's the kind of guy that can be impactful in the offense without getting a crazy amount of touches because it takes away from what you do best, but it adds to something you need to do better. Is it crazy? Yeah, no, is it crazy for me to think that Damian Harris might be RB1 this year, even though they're going to want it to be James Cook? I think Damian Harris has a chance of winning that oh, yeah. job. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's why, to me, I am don't run the ball ever. I am constantly <laughs> throw, throw the damn ball Um, is kind of been it. And it was funny. We were talking on one of our, our videos and the, the thought got brought up of, Hey, uh, Travis Henry is working out with Von Miller and all these things. And I remember being like, yeah, like again, salary cap isn't real. You can make it work. And Jenna was the one to be like, Hey, by the way, like Travis Henry, Derek, Derek Henry, Derek Henry yeah. needs like all of these touches. <laughs> he needs all of these carries. Like he needs 30 touches. And I was like, Oh yeah, forget that because that's 30 times that Josh Allen doesn't have the ball. Damian Harris is that difference guy where he's physical, but he can be physical on his first carry to his 10th carry. And that's what he's used to. He's not used to getting a massive amount of touches. He's got a nose for the end zone, had 15 touchdowns two years ago. And for me, it has always been part of the reason why I've been so against the Bills running the ball is because they say they want to be this physical style of running and they have running backs that are, that are 180 pounds. It's like <laughs> that that's not being a physical running back and their line isn't being physical enough. So if you want to make a recipe that is physical, you need ingredients that will help you make the <laughs> recipe. And to me, Damian Harris is that guy. So I love the signing. Uh, I, I think he he gives them short yardage. I'm with you, Bovey. I think that from first down carries to third down pass protection, I think Damian Harris can be uh, the go-to guy. Damian <laughs> Harris in the Bills Monday Night Football wind game. Okay, so that was basically a split yeah. of him and Ramondre Stevenson. Guess So he had 110 yards. He did it on yeah. 10 carries. 10 carries. With the big one. Yeah, he had the big one. one, but the big one was like 50 yards. So he had 60 yards on nine carries or something like that. So he clearly, and in the game after Christmas, the day after Christmas, he lit him up in that game too. I think he had three touchdowns in that game. Yeah. He's played the bills four times, has rushed for 300, has rushed for a hundred yards in three out of the four games and has five total touchdowns. This dude eats up. I was joking around. We did our newscast. I said, if you can't stop them, I guess you just sign them. I go, that's yeah. that's the motto. Like, just get them off the Patriots, get them in, in your building, and he's going to be better. And and to your point before about the quiet offseason, I love the one-year deals they're doing. I mm -hmm. think that works for the team. I think a lot of times it works for the player. I think good organizations do this. They, they put guys in that circumstance. Je Jenna mentioned Taylor Rapp, you know, guys that are – on you know on these kind of deals and i think it works for a guy like harris that's what running backs end up doing usually yep. after their first contract and i think it i think it works in both cases I, i'm i'm excited to see what he can do my favorite thing about the offseason really are with these one-year deals they're doing one-year deals with players who still have a clear trajectory and upside mm -hmm. this is not like oh you're getting emmanuel sanders to play one more season before he retires it's like okay damian harris is in his mid-20s trent Sherfield's in his mid-20s hardy's in his mid-20s mcgovern that's a three-year deal but also in his mid-20s they are signing guys who they think they can get the most out of not guys who they're saying like okay take one more kick at the can and we're going to go try and win a super bowl so i do think that that's a real 
really smart way of just handling your business. I have said on this same podcast a hundred times, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I was all in on the offense all summer or all off season. I'm just like, stop thinking about the defense. It doesn't matter. Don't lose your fastball. Josh Allen is your fastball. Now we're getting ready for the draft. We're less than a month away. As we were talking, I was looking up Todd McShay's mock draft, whatever point oh. I don't know how many of them has been. It got released this morning. He had the Bills selecting Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC. I would love that for the Bills. I'm still offense all the way. What about you guys as we start to kind of really focus on the draft here? Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I have been team wide receiver. It feels like the last two and a half years. Um, what always blows my mind, and Bovey, to your point, I've always been fearful, and we, I, it's something I talked about in a broken record on our podcast and our channel, is that you have invested a quarter of a billion dollars into Josh Allen, and then you're giving him third, fourth, fifth round players to work with. It's what the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers, and it's what drove him out of Green Bay because he was sick and tired of, give me some pieces to go around him. Now, he has had wide receivers that have been all pro. So like, I'm not saying it never happened, but I'm all about team wide receiver from what we're hearing when, when Mike and I were at the combine, um, there is whispers of Bijan Robinson that again, he's a guy, a, a running back from Texas that I, I know the bills have been interested in a running back for a long time. And for everybody that says that's not possible, um, they, they've been in on them the last few drafts. They've spent draft capital. They kicked the can on Christian McCaffrey, um, they, they, they traded for Naeem Hines. They're trying to get the running back position, right? And for as much as we talk about how Damien Harris is, could be RB one. I don't think any of these moves that they have made this off season deter them from going after any position that they want to in the draft. So if they wanted a wide receiver, Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy don't deter them from taking a wide receiver in the first round. So I'm all about wide receiver, but the way that Bean has talked about adding playmakers. He's always talked about, well, you don't need to add a running back. We need to add playmakers. So whether he's always brought up tight end, he's brought up wide receiver, he's brought up running back. I expect the first round pick to be somebody that can help Josh Allen on offense. Sal Sal had said for a while that he wouldn't rule out tight end in the first round. Mm -hmm. And I kind of thought it didn't make sense. But further into the offseason, we've gotten, I'm like, wow. Like, I just think. No matter what, if you draft somebody on offense, I'm not going to complain. I don't love the idea of B. John Robinson, but I like it better than taking any position on defense. So, Jenna, okay. how about you? Is there any sort of position or player that you really like for the Bills? No, I mean, I think it's that. I think it's the playmakers. I think it's just, I mean, we saw down the stretch last season, like Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs, you know, whatever was going on between them or the defense was just all over Diggs. Like there wasn't another gear to go to and it had to be on Josh. And I feel like when you look at just this season and what you need to see, like, the Bills, they want to spread out the ball. They they have digs. They want to get him involved, obviously, as much as possible. But I just love the idea. And maybe it's not a receiver in terms of that. Maybe it is a tight end or it is, you know, a, a running back. But at the same point, I think it's just you said it like keep the fastball that is Josh Allen going and keep him having multiple options and different looks. But I will say this brings up something that we have talked about of just like the fear is that will, you know, the bills in terms of Ken Dorsey be able to utilize if you have a bunch of different guys and different skill sets, will that be utilized as much in a Brian Dable offense, you know, as we go into year two for him? Yeah, I'm going to um, 
I'm with Jenna on that. It's it's on Dorsey um, to figure some of this out. It's also on Josh Allen. And, you know, a lot of times we hear it, you know, there's a lot of Bills fans. They don't want to hear any cr critique of Josh because he's tough. He's a gamer. He's the best player, all those things. But I think it's not all on Dorsey. Some of it is on Josh because you are the quarter of a billion dollar guy. And I think it comes down to trust. And it's between Dorsey and Allen and then Allen and his teammates. And when I look at the Chiefs this past year, they have brilliant play calling in Andy Reid. They do. Do you love their weapons? Did anybody love their weapons outside of Kelsey? And what happened with Mahomes? He trusted those receivers. He made them all look better than they probably are. And that's what I want to see out of Allen this year. I think he forced the ball to Gabe Davis too much. And Dan and I, we've talked about it a lot. You're going to force it But is that it to too anybody. much trust? Well, yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm like, yeah, maybe too much trust in him individually. You got to move the ball around. You got to find other guys. You got to figure out ways to get the ball to the other receivers too to open things up. And I just think some of that goes to Josh um, in going forward. So if it is a rookie out of USC that they draft in the first round, they're going to need that guy to play. Maybe it's Khalil Shakir, who's this year takes a leap in that second year. Maybe it is another tight end. People always back away. They go, I don't like them running too tight. You know why you don't like them running two tight end sets? Because they've never had a second tight end. They've <laughs> never had a guy who can do anything. And you keep running another offensive lineman out there to try to protect because your line was so bad last year. So I think it comes down to trust. And that begins with Dorsey because you've got to earn that. We know. Dable earned that with Allen. That, to me, is the key to the entire offense. Personnel aside, it is trust between coordinator and quarterback and then quarterback and his teammates. Because we know Josh didn't trust his O-line. He loves them. He buys them gifts. They let him down last year, and that has to be better. Yeah, the offensive line, especially in that Bengals game, it yeah. felt like they were just a turnstile. Like, they couldn't do anything. I think that there's a very clear path. Mitch Morse will be back. Deion Dawkins will be back. Obviously, McGovern is going to play. I think Bates will play in some capacity. Spencer Brown, I'm not 100% sure. The way they've talked about him, it seems like that he's got a longer leash than maybe we're giving him credit for. I do think, though, that if you were going to go out and you were going to draft somebody, a right tackle would be a position that makes a lot of sense. Or you just take somebody, a flyer on, and then you have a genuinely true competition. Rapid fire before we move on to the next thing. If you're Brandon Bean, what position are you selecting? Dan, start with you. Wide receiver. Mike, how about you? Wide receiver. Jenna? Wide receiver. I would also say wide receiver. So it's nice to know that we're all on the same page. All right. That's it for the draft. We're going to talk about that a lot coming up in the next couple of weeks, which you can also watch, by the way, on ABC and Buffalo and Rochester. Not a big deal. On the other side, we're going to talk about another Rochester conversation. And these guys are the perfect ones to have it. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. 
Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so it sounds like from all the things that we're hearing from both us and from what you guys have heard, Looks like training camp is going to be back at St. John Fisher this year. Now, there are still some hoops to jump through, really, from both sides to make sure that this happens. Last year, I believe they signed a one-year extension, right, to go back. So it seems like that's going to kind of be the mold moving forward of these maybe one-year extensions to keep going back. Seems like everybody loves it. You know, now that I have a child, I don't know if I'm going to love it as much as I have in the past, but we're (laughs) going to have to make do. So, assuming they're back in Rochester, what are the things that people need to do when they come and visit. So Dan, (laughs) so, you know, you got a guy who's coming up from Grand Island. Okay. Let's say that they're bringing the kids, they're bringing the family. What are some things that are fun to do in Rochester that maybe aren't like the things that everybody talks about? Everybody talks about, okay, like you go to training camp and then, you know, this conversation also works for the PGA championship because there's going to be a ton of people coming from Buffalo to Rochester for that. What are your favorite things to do? Okay, so I'll go first. I won't take the food element so Jenna can talk about the food, okay? Bove, yeah. I'm going to play to to the girl dad card, okay? If you're coming up, families, anything like that, dad can go watch camp, bring the kids, things like that. But if they, they need to run around, get some energy out, go to the Strong Museum of Play. We have mm-hmm, a membership great. there with, with our kid. She goes there once a week, runs around, loves it, something from literally – Three months old to eight years old, you're golden. So that that that, that would be my one thing to do um, is the Strong Museum of Play. Jenna, take them on the tour. I'll say this, the Genesee Brewhouse. I'll, I'm yes. going to give a pub to Jenny Beer. I'll say that. And then Jenna, take over. She's got a list. I think she's looking down at her list. I'm trying to find. Yeah, I did tweet out a list last year. I love uh, checking out the restaurants, the food scene, the 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 alcohol seed at the bars as well, <laughs> yeah. I guess. But um, no, I would say like there's great. I mean, it's like Buffalo. There's great food here. There's plenty of options. Like there's just I would recommend Marge's, which is a place that a lot of the Bills reporters go to. It's right on the lake. It's beautiful. It's like tiki themed. It's really fun. Um, there's a place called Radio Social that's also a great spot. There's bowling. There's a lot of indoor activities. Um. There's just there's really great stuff. Jenny Brewhouse is great. I love K2 Brewing, uh, Strange Bird. Like there's so many spots. Uh, dinner, good luck is really great. Highly recommend. Nosh, uh, Fiamma. There's just I would say if you're coming to Rochester, 
to check out the uh, public market as well. It's on Saturdays. I believe it's on Thursdays as well, but they have a bunch of like local vendors. You can kind of go grab a bite to eat. Um, and if you're coming to camp on a Wednesday, they do at the local public market, they do food truck rodeo. So all the food trucks in town come in. It's really fun. There's live music. It's just, um, it's a great time. I, I am not from Western New York. I grew up in upstate New York in Saratoga Springs, but I've now lived in Rochester for longer than I care to admit. Uh, but at the same point, I just feel like similar to Buffalo, it's just a great community and people, as soon as it's nice out, it's like everyone's doing as much outside as possible and there's great food and great people and great just opportunities kind of check it out. So I also recommend walking down Park Ave, grabbing a coffee and just kind of checking that out as well. Mike, wow. is there anything they didn't yeah. mention besides no. maybe trying to take a picture with Mike Catalano while you're in Rochester? Yeah, yeah that, oh, that'll be the highlight of your trip. Um, <laughs> I will tell you this. Oak Hill is right there. Mm -hmm. uh, Fisher's right around. So they're right around the corner from each other. Pittsburgh's a really nice place to live. All right, don't Nobody from Pittsburgh hears me say this. Um, I think the canal area of Pittsburgh is eh, okay. It's fine. If you want to go walk up and down the canal there, go to Fairport. I think it's way cooler there. There are some great places to hang out. Um, I think Iron Smoke Distillery, Tommy Burnett owns that place, is great right there in Fairport. But there is, I think the canal area right there is the the best place. If you're going to hang out, walk along the water, you got some time, great places to eat. So it's right down the road. Yeah. I mean, it's it's 10 minutes from Fisher. Okay. You're right there. Uh, think Fairport. Uh, Pittsburgh's nice. There's some nice little spots there, but I like the canal live music playing in the evenings. I think that's the place to go. I have also, never in my, I've never in my life been to Fairport. Oh, it's yeah. really we'll cute. Go. I don't even, I don't even know where Fairport is. It's like, it's, I'd say not even 10. It's yeah. not even 10 minutes. Is Just, that a separate school district? So like, yeah, oh, Fair, yeah. okay, so yeah. Fairport has its own like high school and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty big district. Yep. Yeah. So okay. I'll say this. We talked right now. Jenna hit nearly every food place in Rochester. Yes. Sorry, and we I get mention, excited. And we didn't mention Pittsburgh Dairy. So take your kids. Oh, yeah, go yeah, get yeah. the ice cream and the chocolate milk at Pittsburgh Dairy. It is yeah. right by Fisher. Um, Absolutely. That is a must if you're going with a family to get ice cream from Pittsburgh Dairy. You know will, this is um, You might wait in line at Pittsburgh Dairy, but it's yeah. worth it. Yeah. I know this is a football podcast, but we're a month and a half away from the PGA. How is the community kind of getting ready for it? I'm I'm really really excited. It's um, you know, we've had so many of these here that it's it's not taken for granted. People are excited, but I will tell you this, the footprint of the PGA is I didn't think it could get much bigger than it was in 13. It's crazy. It is a city that has taken over Oak Hill Country Club when you go there. By the way, it's open. I think it's going to be the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which the Sunday I think is Mother's Day, before the tournament. For people to go in, it's it's basically a chance to go in the merchandise tent and get your stuff <laughs> early. And they do that now. They call it like tournament days or something. If there's a phrase they use for it. Um, I think there's a lot of excitement. I think this being um, Masters Week, it's interesting with the live guys and the um, mm -hmm. in the PGA guys because some of those guys, it's funny. I was thinking of how Fred Couples just went after Mickelson 
in a in a thing he did the other day. And I remember the two of them sitting at the podium laughing and joking together back at Ryder Cup days. So these guys have had a lot of history at Oak Hill. Um, but I think it's going to be a spectacular event. As long as the weather holds up and it's May, you guys all know in Western New York, it'll be cool in the mornings. But if the weather holds up, it's going to be I think people are very excited to see everybody back. This is the one thing I'm hoping for. Okay. I know you go to cover sporting events. You really can't have any bias. You don't, you know, you're there to cover the event. I am just hoping that a legitimate PGA tour player wins this tournament. I think for the sake of Oak Hill, I think for the sake of the PGA championship, they don't want another Jason Duffner or Sean McKeel to win. Uh-huh. Like I'm not Please. saying I'm not saying Tiger needs to win or even Justin Thomas or Rory. But what about like somebody who's a little bit closer to that oh. tier than those yeah. middle range guys? Oh, Jenna, I'm gonna, I, I know you're going to say I just you are so right. Jason Duffner played great that week. Sean McKeel, nice man. Nobody pays any attention. I you know. They've had champions, great champions back. I mean, Curtis Strange, it was back-to-back when he won the Open. That was in 1989. Before that, you had Nicholas in 80 and Lee Trevino, who was a nobody when he won in 1968 here. The champions have not been like, you know, there's no Phil, no Tiger, none of those guys. You are 100% right. Uh, It'll be interesting if it's a name that's a live guy (laughs) who wins it too, but I think they really want a name. I think you're right. I think they would really like to see one of those guys win the tournament. Is there anything you guys want to say before we leave and we say goodbye? Can I pose one question to all of us? I don't mean to hijack the pod, but <laughs> no, you're, you're a guest host. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> we, we're recording this on April 4th um, in the morning. Right now, what is your biggest worry about this Bills team right now? They can address it. Maybe you're afraid they won't, but I'll go, Bove, you go first, and then we'll kick it around the can. Your biggest worry about this team as it stands right now? I think my biggest concern is that even though I think the Bills are a little bit better now than they were a couple months ago, I think other teams in the division and in the conference have taken bigger steps than they've taken, and I never feel like you want to be the team that's playing catch-up. I still think because you have Josh Allen, you have a chance, but I don't think they've done enough offensively to be one of those teams that is going to be feared. I think that you fear Josh Allen, you fear Stefan Diggs. After that, you're paying attention to Gabe Davis, you're paying attention to Dawson Knox, but you're not shaking with those other secondary options. So for me, if they do not go out and get another legitimate weapon, whether that's a wide receiver, running back, or tight end, then I think the division is going to be a lot tougher of a battle than maybe some Bills fans think it will be. Jana, who wants or is it me? Uh, you can go, Mike. Um, offensive line, start to finish. That's the, the, the football big picture for me. It's got to be better, and it leads to every other part. Josh Allen's too good. These guys got to step up for him or somebody else has to step in. And some of that's on Aaron Cromer. I know he's had success in this league. He had a little bit of success when he was here before. Um, they've got to be better. I think it was a weak link last year, and it's got to be better. Okay. I will say I have a concern about uh, Sean McDermott calling the defense, considering there's just so much already on his plate. So that is something that I am concerned about. But I would say my biggest worry is that 
the Bills will not do enough in the offseason and it'll be essentially run it back with Allen having to do everything and be, you know, incredible on third down and just have to play essentially, you know, try, try and do and will his offense himself. So uh, getting more weapons, all those things. But I will say I am concerned about McDermott calling the defense. Obviously, he has a ton of experience doing that, but. I just think that is so much responsibility on a guy already. Um, Mike talked about it. It's the control aspect, which I get why he wants that control. Um, but I don't know if that's always the best thing. I agree with you to an extent, but I also think he's probably been significantly more involved in the defense over the last couple of years than we ever even knew. And that's why I think it's going to be a transition. But I also think that there's untapped potential for this team with him calling the defense, because for some reason, I don't know why I just trust him. And I almost love the accountability that's going to come with that of like, if the defense isn't good, it is now on you. It is not well, on anybody else anymore. I kind of yeah, love that. I, I, I agree with you, like having that responsibility, all that stuff, but like, Bobe, what happens if it's not good? I'm not saying <laughs> it will be, but I'm saying what happened? Hey, like, how does that go score evolve? 40 points a game? Yeah. I could give a crap. I mean, the Eagles had an amazing defense. Look what happened in the I, Super Bowl. Like, I agree, but that's if the offense is able to pull it together, which yeah. there are concerns because of what we've seen from Ken Dorsey and, you know, will this team be able to take another step down the line? We have this, I mean, we, we talk about expectations all the time, but like we have always consistently moved the goalpost back on what this team can do. And, mm -hmm. you know, this past season, did it live up to that? I don't know. Um, but this is a fundamental moment in the process and in Josh Allen's career, the season coming up. So there, there are just concerns. Very fair. All right, Dan, tell everybody where they can follow all of your guys stuff. Oh, wait, I want to say my biggest concern. Cause this is like the yeah. whole point of why I asked the question. Oh uh -oh. yeah. You get to do oh, that. You get it. to Go do ahead. that. He's got something teed up. Well, no, it's, it's Jenna <laughs> talking about the, the concern with Sean McDermott. I really don't think the defense is going to look all that much different because I think like Bove said, I think McDermott did have his hand and it was a collective defense. If Sean McDermott didn't like what Leslie Frazier was calling or things like that, he would have changed it. He didn't. So I think it's going to look very similar to some respects. I have massive concerns, massive concerns about Ken Dorsey. I didn't like it last year. I said on our podcast, it was like giving the keys to a Corvette to a guy with a learner's permit. I have massive concerns about the fact that Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie developed under one offensive coordinator. And I don't believe that all of a sudden they just got bad at football all of a sudden. I think it's a lot about putting, I think Dorsey struggled at putting players in positions to be successful. And that's where you saw the frustration where Stefan Diggs, when he finally talked and he did his Super Bowl row and he talked to all the media people about his outbursts in Cincinnati against Cincinnati in the playoffs. And he said, it wasn't that one game. And that worries me that it nine games, they struggled. I know Josh Allen's elbow was a little bit injured, but nine games. I don't think Ken Dorsey made enough adjustments. Now there's more film about what he has done and what he didn't do. And while everybody's all excited about what Deontay Hardy and all these guys can bring, the biggest concern is he may be great, but can Ken Dorsey put these guys in position? And that is my biggest worry because you can, you can, the Jenna and Bove, your point about adding all these weapons, there's one guy calling the plays, and that concerns me because I don't know if Ken Dorsey's the guy. Really suck the and, fun out of the end of the podcast. Yeah, eh, no, it is. <laughs> all right. And to answer your question of Dan, uh, the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel, we have content up there basically anytime 
Uh, you can check that out. And then it's uh, our our merchandise is uh, buffaloplusstore.com, right? You can uh, check that out. And uh, yes, and yours is on the way. I, I must be, I, I don't know. How did you send it? Pony Express? How did we send it yeah. up there to Buffalo? You know, you know, I think things have a hard time getting to Grand Island because <laughs> the force fields that's across, you know, over the island. You really got to, you know, you've got to be, you got to be able to penetrate yourself into Grand Island. Somebody told me once Grand Island is like Wakanda. So I guess it must have just not <laughs> made it through that or something. So, yeah, I, I'm waiting. I'll see All it. Right, and it's coming. Will I see you guys? What is your draft plan? Are you guys going to the draft? Are you still coming to Orchard Park? What are you planning on doing? It will be Orchard Park this year. Okay. We've yeah. seen enough of Kansas City, and I'm sure they're going to do a nice job out there, but like, yeah, enough. We got to no, go back again this year. Not much actually happens at the draft itself. It's, it's anyway. a lot. Of, it's, yeah, it's great for fans in, in the right setting. Like, it should be in Nashville every year. Yeah. In my opinion, that was fun. It's awesome in Nashville. Um, in the right setting, it's great. Uh, but we'll be in uh, Orchard Park for, getting the reaction uh, for what happens on draft night. Marge is the second best bar on the planet. The first bar on the, the best bar in the world, Tootsie's in Nashville. <laughs> and Tootsie's. Tootsie's is just a place. We'll end on that. All right. For Jenna Cottrell, <laughs> for Mike Catalano, for Dan Fates, I am Matt Bovey. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, as always. Probably the next time you hear from us, Capaccio will be back. But thank you to Jenna, Mike, and Dan for joining us this time. Have a great week, everybody.